1: Imagine a land where women and girls run wild and free. Where we're supported to feel, encouraged to express, and where we experience true collective healing. A place where we can play, laugh, and howl under the moon. Here, you can let your guard down and come back to the essence of wild womanhood, your nervous system finally able to relax in the total absence of men and the total presence of sisterhood. Women call this the magic place. And as female-only spaces continue to dwindle, securing land of my own for women's festivals has been a lifelong dream come to fruition. So, I'm thrilled to announce and invite you to the second annual Matriarch Rising Festival that will take place here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina June 19th through the 24th. This is an exclusive Wild Woman's Summer Solstice Gathering. A week of dancing, nude sunbathing, communing with the elements, singing, and falling in love with what it means to be alive as a woman. Tickets are officially on sale and they will sell out, so head over to matriarchrisingfestival.com for all the details and to get your ticket. Can't wait to see you there. This week on the show, we have Maria from Finland. She tells us about her conscious conception journeys, beginning with meeting her husband in ceremony after a spiritual awakening. And then a near-death accident that solidified her journey of following her heart and her gut instincts in wild pregnancy and free birth. We also discuss lotus birth, the necessary social aspect of postpartum care, and remembering the ancient ways of sacred birth.
2: Thank you, Emily. It's an honor to be here to share my story.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. And I think that you're our our first woman from Finland representing.
2: Yeah, I know. Wow. (laughs) That's so amazing. I know so many women in Finland who has free birthed and I guess who has also inspired me to free birth and how how I got into this. But yeah, I guess I will start my, my story when I met my husband, because I guess that time was the time that I really realized that I am becoming a mother.
1: Mm. Yeah, don't you have some cute story with your husband that like he knew before you did? or he like was like you're gonna we're gonna have kids together wasn't there something cute about that
2: yeah yeah we met in a ceremony or we met like uh five years prior we have known each other five years prior to when we actually got together and I had uh had this like spiritual awakening a few years prior that and I just realized that I really need to listen to my heart and follow my heart and do all these all these decisions based on what my heart says totally and so so the summer of two thousand and fifteen, I got a really clear message that I need to go to a plant medicine ceremony, and it was so excited, and I knew that I have to do that, and in that ceremony, I met my husband or my future husband Wow! and yeah basically he in that ceremony he had a vision uh, with us having a family together and he saw us living in a red house and having children around and having a community around and it's basically the reality we are living right now
1: I have goosebumps (laughs) So, so cool
2: yeah and it took me like couple of months to open up to him and open up to this realization that he is the father of my children so basically when we when we realized that we are meant to be together it was instantly that we knew that children are coming through us into this life and it was really clear quite quite in the beginning who are coming like we Hmm. both get the names to two of our children represented themselves to us and we got the names.
1: And so what was your, up until this point in your life, what was your reference point for birth? Like, were the women around you birthing at home? What did you know of midwifery? How did you like orient around this idea of becoming a mother? Like what it would literally look like?
2: Yeah, actually at that point I got, uh, I got a clear vision also to become a doula. So I started to study as a doula and just it was my somehow my calling. I realized it was my calling to work with birth and women. And I hadn't had so much experience with birth or like I hadn't had so many friends who birth at home. But it just came clear to me. And afterward, I have realized it was also for me to start preparing for my own births. Oh, really? That when the time came that I was pregnant, I already had all the information that needed for me to make the decision based on my heart and based on my vision and hold the vision of birthing my babies here with total love and respect. Yeah. Well, we were uh, going to a journey to Thailand, and we knew that in the journey, we would conceive our first child, our daughter. And actually, I want to tell you about my last period before that journey. I somehow I, I knew that they would be my last period, and I had like really really deep pain and cramps and I felt like I was birthing (laughs) and it was kind of it was my last period as maiden Hmm. and somehow my body knew that and prepared me for the birth and in Thailand it was conscious conception it was full moon in a paradise like so beautiful
1: (laughs) so good were you on like an island
2: well well no we were in the jungle okay awesome (laughs) yeah it was so beautiful and then yeah when we were coming back home actually we got in a bus accident that we were going to our flight back home and it was night bus and the road was slippery and the bus fell off the streets to the sideways yeah and that was really bad luckily I didn't get any like too bad wounds or anything my husband broke his back so it was quite bad for him whoa but that was a big big revelation for me also to face the death to face the possibility of dying and it was like last how do you say like final realization that this life is so fragile that whatever i do i really need to follow my heart and it just this love is not a joke and it's not about about being afraid or making someone else's decisions but just following my gut instincts Because before we got into the bus, I got this gut instinct that something's going to happen. But we went in anyway. And of course, I knew that everything has a reason that happens. Or at least it, it taught me a lot. So we got home and the first trimester was a deep, deep diving into the shadows. And it was kind of like a dark night of the soul for me. And I felt like as my womb grows and as my baby grows in my, in my womb, like every emotion and all these things that has been stored within me and within my womb just has to come up to face again. So I felt like it was deep dive into me and so much came up with the accident also and At the same time, the most beautiful time in my life and the hardest time in my life. But so, so, so deep learnings and emotions and growth that was happening. Yeah, I had a wild pregnancy, so I didn't, I didn't tap into the system. And it was very like obvious to me that I, I am a person that I don't like anyone, authority to decide over my body, or I just felt like, why would you go to a doctor if you're not sick? Like, why would you go there if everything is okay? And pregnancy is just a natural way for my body. It's a natural rite of passages. So.
1: so what like gave you that language? Did you know women who had had wild pregnancies? I'm sure that's not the norm like where how did you how did you come to choose that
2: I had one dear friend who had just birth that three months before I conceived so and she also had a wild pregnancy so I, I had a dear friend who already walked that path before me wow and I guess it's also somehow came like natural to me That when I studied about birth, when I studied about pregnancy and as as much as I learned this uh, like information, then I could tap into the wisdom also within my body and how my intuition say that how things could go. And I knew how the system works and it's just not for me. Also before pregnancy, it's just not for me. So why would I go there anyway?
1: And was everyone in your support network like supportive of that or or was there tension around that or was it just like super easy, obvious and you just prepared for your free birth like it was no big deal?
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't tell so many people. I was so sure about my choices, so... I I didn't have to like seek validation also outside of me. Of course, some people disagree, but I didn't listen to them, so it was it was quite easy to hold the hold the barriers like hold my boundaries mm-hmm. in this situation. And actually, before we conceived, it was my husband who said that what if we just give birth by ourselves? Like, what if it's just two of us? So when I was pregnant, it was still a little bit open that if someone's ca- gonna come to attend the birth or now. But I knew that I want that space to be as gentle and as like secure for me as possible. And I knew that I wouldn't, let anyone in who is not supporting me energetically. (laughs) Totally. I mean,
1: it really, I know it's complicated, obviously, but it is, it is quite shocking that we as women, I mean, you and I don't, but most women allow strangers who don't love them to witness and be a part of such a sacred event I mean then it's like is it really sacred when it's being treated that way it's really Mm -hmm. quite yeah so you had that that knowing and your partner saw it and you already had this sister walking the path and so take us into that first birth story
2: yeah yeah and that sacredness is actually a very very important point like I just I I had tapped into this consciousness that birth is so sacred and the way we bring our children into this earth is the most sacred event of life and and the ceremony and I had like the experiences with plant medicine has taught me so much also for preparing to the birth so yeah yeah the first birth uh it was uh, Sunday evening and my husband has went to pick some mushrooms and actually I had calculated my weeks of my pregnancy a little bit wrong that I thought I, I had calculated from the time of con- conception and I just learned like half a year ago and that you all always calculate like from your last pleading. So I thought that I was like, you
1: can do it from your conception. You just have to shave off those two weeks or so. Right. So like if I had calculated it from my conception, I actually gave birth at 38 weeks, not 40. Right. But because the whole system goes from LMP last menstrual period. Yeah. It's an interesting topic because women all the time are like, can't, if I know my conception date, can't I just go by that? And you can, you just have to shave off two weeks and the world functions off of a 40 week gestational average, which is the plus two weeks. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's silly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you, so you go into labor.
2: Yeah. It was night and I, I felt like something's happening and i went to the toilet and i saw a little bit blood so i knew that the birth is close and i tried to sleep and but yeah the waves just come but it's really gentle and throughout my pregnancy i had i had went to uh, reflexology treatments so that was my prenatal care basically <laughs> being in the nature and communing with the spirit of my baby and just really enjoying my body, enjoying good food and nutrition and everything. And yeah, so next morning I had already this reflexology uh, appointment and I woke up and I feel like whole my body is just going in into the trance state, like I am already out of this world but still in this world and I go and my husband uh, take me to the appointment I got so beautiful body work I fall asleep and then when we go back home the waves come more and more and I had to I had to admit myself that I am in labor now and the baby is coming coming soon and we go outside and take some last photos of ourselves with the belly underneath our sacred row and tree. And I go upstairs just by myself, which is our birthing space. My husband prepared the space just like a few hours earlier, putting the birth tab and everything and he's he's like doing the mushrooms he was picking last night and cleaning them and preparing them and i'm by myself just taking in every wave and just trying to just be and i didn't want anyone to be there i, I was just really in my own zone and then it starts to pick up and getting like more intense and I I asked him to come up and he was putting all the fires and like lighting the candles and putting the music and I'm roaring and I'm like getting into the trance and just, it's really hard actually to describe the birth because you are so out of this world and in a way you are so in your body, in your every cell, that it's so hard to go back <laughs> in a way. But I remember I was I was praying for the great mother. I was praying for the all the mothers that came before me just to be with me and support me. And I knew that it is the journey for me and my baby and no one else can do it. And we are here and we are doing it. The sensation just moved my body. I was crawling on the floor and all on my force and going to the toilet and back and then suddenly I felt like really big urge to push and then my husband just said that maybe you you could go to the pool now (laughs) and I I climbed into the pool and and very soon my body just started pushing and these roars, like I'm the mother bear, <laughs> birthing That's the amazing. big, big roars from my womb just come. And yeah, it's the most intensive feeling and most amazing. How long had it been? Ever. Well, it started at night, gentle, but the most intensive part was maybe three to four hours. Wow. Yeah. And I just move in the pool and suddenly I feel like between my legs and I feel hair. (laughs) And then my husband asks, like, can I touch? And I just roar like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every hair of my body is so sensitive that I couldn't imagine anyone touching me or anyone coming near to me in that moment. Yeah, and the head comes and goes and comes and goes, and I know that it's just like making the wave way to to emerge. And the time comes, my daughter emerges to the water, and I lift her to my chest. We look into each other's eyes, and yeah, <laughs> it's the most magical feeling. <laughs> and my husband jumps into the pool and. Like after four minutes, we realized we have to check the time. That mm-hmm. what's the time that she was born? And we li- we were living in a community, so there was people downstairs. They just came in to hear the baby crying, and but they didn't come into the birthing space at that time. Then we go. We go out of the pool. Next to our couch, there is fireplace and baby on my breast and placenta is still inside of me. And it took like three hours after I I realized that now I want to focus on getting the placenta out also. But I also felt that it was sacred time that we were still all together, like the placenta was inside me. And the cord and the baby like we were still one oh, yeah. and of course we are still one after the placenta came out also and i learned about lotus birds, so i knew that i that was that was the way we would do it so we didn't want to cut the cord that the baby and the placenta could be intact as long as it was natural for them and the postpartum I think that was the time that I really, I was preparing for the birth, the whole pregnancy, but I hadn't think the postpartum. And of course you cannot prepare in a way, like you cannot prepare the intensity of the emotions like the blood and the tears and the milk and every fluid that is running to your body.
1: Oh man, yeah. It's very wet. Yeah. <laughs> you can't prepare. Everything. You can't prepare for who you're becoming, right? Like you're going to be a whole new layer of a woman in postpartum. Of course, there's so many practical things you could prepare for, but so how does that leave you? How does that feel? What is your first like 40 days look like? And who are you after this birth?
2: Yeah, the first days of birth were like really intensive. Uh, I wasn't still trusting that the colostrum was enough for the baby. And for that, I also got really beautiful confirmation. We wanted to have this lotus birth period just for our family that we didn't invite anyone to the space. We were just like me, baby and husband. But I invited one friend who was lactation consult, and she came maybe three days after birth. And she was like giving me the confirmation that your body is doing perfectly, and your baby is latching perfectly, and like everything is fine. Like she was the wise woman I needed in the time, just to give me the reassurance that everything is beautiful. And right after that, the milk came in and my breasts were full and everything started to flow. And I started to also trust the breastfeeding. And yeah, the breastfeeding journey was also beautiful and it's kind of still going on. My daughter is turning four and every now and then she still comes comes to have a a little sip. But I, I was really determined to have the sacred postpartum. Like I really took time to lay down with baby and just be really peaceful and quiet at home not allowing so many visitors but I also learned from that postpartum that I could have used some wise woman support even more of course my husband was home so he was like cleaning and cooking and doing all these practical things and I'm so grateful for for what he has done and how he has uh, supported me and appreciated me and like trusted in me, even the times that I didn't trust in myself. Like he was this masculine support all the way throughout the pregnancy and birth and beyond. And I think that, you know, when
1: women in, in this modern age are trying to redefine what postpartum can be for themselves. There seems to be often this disconnect, like postpartum is not meant to be done alone, right? Like it's meant to be witnessed and held and affirmed and validated and supported and seen and, and spoken of, you know, and so many women will tell me about their fourth trimester and they're like completely alone. And it's such a missing, like intentionally alone. I don't even mean accidentally alone, you know, purposefully alone. And it's really sad. I mean, I know that for some people, they don't have anyone. They don't have anyone of that consciousness that would come in and respect the space. And in that case, yeah, maybe alone is better, but Mm -hmm. you know, I really want to see what it looks like when we have healthy enough relationships that women can be as surrounded as they actually ache for and are still respected and are still tended to and witnessed and you know in some respects becoming a mother is like a very social event by design
2: yeah it is really designed to be supported by the community like yeah in, in no way in, in never in ancient ways, women were left alone after giving birth or in pregnancy. So it's like very unnatural.
1: Really is. Yeah. So what's the age difference between your kiddos?
2: Um, My oldest one is four year and my youngest one is now one year, three months.
1: Okay. Yeah. So tell us, tell us, whatever you want to tell us of, of what your life hap, what it's like, you know, going into the next, the next pregnancy.
2: Yeah. So after my daughter was born, I was transformed like inside out. I was a whole new person. And like, I had been dual in the system before that I had attended hospital births. Actually, I attended hospital births when I was pregnant and that oh. confirmed yeah, and that confirmed me even more that I would birth at home like totally there was no question yeah. about it. What is midwifery
1: like in Finland?
2: Uh, it's it's very much uh, like in the system. Here is few home birth midwives like some of them are Working more as a traditional way, but all of them, of course, has the, has the education, like this uh, medical education. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't still sure that how could I serve women outside the system because it wasn't modeled. Like, there is no one doing this work outside the system. Well, I, I realized that how doulas are also like part of the system that you go to the hospital you might um, you might think that you are helping the woman to have this like natural birth in a hospital which is like oxymoron because you cannot have natural birth in hospital but it is just like very much in the surface and i wanted to go into the root and In the deepness and into the wildness of birth and what is the meaning of birth that i realized in my bones in my blood that the birth is the ultimate rite of passage that as we birth we heal the earth and it's not going to happen in in hospital and i cannot be part of that because i want that women have these powerful experiences that happen that can happen only in home or only in the environment that you really can surrender into the yeah. Everything.
1: Well, it's like deeply energetically unsafe. It's physically unsafe too, and, and it's so dangerous to leave your home and labor for a number of reasons, but it's so deeply unsafe. Like I don't mean safety yeah. in the context of like how the mainstream talks about safety, but like the safety you need in ceremony, right? The safety that you need to be held so that you can let your guards down and actually surrender. It's so unsafe to leave your home. It's actually like madness. Like you're going to leave your home and think you're going to drop your guard and like get into the wildness of birth.
2: No, no. Yeah. Like who would go in a ceremony <laughs> in a hospital right like totally it's, it's not, not a place for that
1: yeah okay so then how does that look with your birth work and you, sorry you were saying earlier you knew you couldn't be in the system but you didn't have a a map of how to be out of the system
2: yeah i didn't have still there like the courage or yeah like you said the map that how would i serve how could i serve the women outside the system not as a midwife, because I'm not medically trained and I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. But slowly, slowly the path came towards the radical birth keeping. And yeah, first I focused on postpartum work because I realized also the need for the postpartum work. Like it's so undervalued and so many mothers are just alone and not having support of any kind whether they have hospitals or home births, yeah, it's, it's kind of the same story. So I focused on postpartum work until it was time to conceive my second child. And at that time, it was it was also conscious conception in the feast day of Mary Magdalene, and that was very meaningful because uh, Yeshua and Mary has been like. Very much these um, spiritual guides for me throughout my life, since the childhood. And as my son was conceived in her feast day, his uh, due date was in Yeshua's resurrection day. And that is his birthday, actually.
1: <laughs> That's cool.
2: <laughs> so that kind of connection also. Uh
1: huh.
2: Yeah, that pregnancy was also a wild pregnancy. Obviously, I didn't have any any, any connection with the system. And, but that pregnancy taught me a lot about nutrition because mm-hmm. I had breastfed two and a half years in demand and having this one pregnancy and I didn't took enough care of my body and my nutrition. So I got really depleted and mm. my iron was really low. And yeah, I was quite in a bad condition that time. But yeah. I I learned my lesson, <laughs> how to take care of my nutrition and, and my body and how to support also other mothers. Mm. But still loving being pregnant. I always love being pregnant. I feel like it's the most magical time in in woman's life. Yeah. Like you literally are the channel for new life, carrying carrying a new soul in your womb. And I always felt so like how do we treat pregnancy in our culture? It's just so p- poor. It's so like undervalued.
1: I mean, it's, it's more than undervalued. It's, it's seen as a sickness. It's seen as an illness.
2: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's nuts. And that's why we are here, like bringing back, bringing back the sacredness and the true meaning of carrying children and birthing. And halfway through my second pregnancy, I I attended the traditional midwifery course here in Finland. There was one woman from Chile coming to teach us. And that was like really the one step in my path towards this traditional midwifery and being an authentic midwife. And I realized that uh, this time I would like to have some or one wise woman at my birth.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And also because I had my daughter so that there would be extra pair of hands just help and help with the child and doing all these practical things that my husband doesn't haven't has to do everything at this time. She was my friend, and she also attended this traditional midwifery course. So I knew that she has she was also a doula and yeah, doing hospital birds, but still. I could trust her, so I invited her my birth. And I knew that I I didn't want or I didn't need anyone to be there. Like I could birth without her. It's All not right. about that. But just to have like this this extra support there.
1: Of course. I mean it's such a distinction, right? Want versus need.
2: Yeah. Totally. I had also the most beautiful mother's blessing ceremony just one month before before the birth and it was just in the beginning of the first lockdowns in Finland and all this like craziness that that was starting so I was really blessed that all the women who showed up even though there was like restrictions to move and everything Mm -hmm. but they showed us to support me and create this this sacred space where I would give birth and the last month before, before the birth, I, I just dived deep within myself, went to the forest a lot, gave offerings to the nature and prayers and all these kind of things that I feel very, very important just to tap in and be in communion with the spirit and with the baby. And then it came, came the time, Eastern time, and intuitively I knew that he would be born on Eastern. That was his due date, also. And the resurrection day came, and it was early morning, and I, I just felt like, okay, it's happening. My body is so soft, and it's the waves are coming, like very gently, as I wished and as I, as I had visioned, that the birth starts very gentle and it was so gentle that I was already like doubting that if it's happening or not Mm -hmm. but I sent a message to the friend who is coming to birth that things are are slowly starting and she decided she will come in the afternoon and when she came we were dancing and having fun and just very very easy and still very gentle and not so so much happening i yeah then i felt that i want to have a a time for myself and i just went in my room alone having a little nap and after that it really progressed and it took like 45 minutes after that that my son was born
1: that's so fast
2: yeah it was super intensive (laughs) but that was good because I just knew that okay I have to go through this and when the waves come and the thought that came into my mind was okay maybe I don't want any more children (laughs) (laughs) this is just so intensive but I knew I have to go through this so again I'm roaring and all my force and into the floor laying. And then again, my husband says that maybe you should go to the pool. (laughs) It's like the same story. And I go there and I already like start pushing and I feel, yeah, his head is coming. And and I say like, come slowly, come slowly, because I feel like I'm, I'm exploding. Mm -hmm and he merged and intuitively I took a cord around his neck and lift, lift him in my breast and he was quiet he was really like no breath, no sound, nothing and I'm there just holding him stroking him kissing him maybe a slide of some like doubt come into my mind that what's happening but then I know like there's nothing I can do I'm I'm here with him and he's coming he's breathing when it's the time and it took like two and a half minutes and then then he took his first first breath and first cry and yeah it was a relief but it was also so beautiful To learn and to experience that the babies really take breath when they are ready and it's everything is good.
1: Did you feel worried, or did you just feel like? I mean, of course, you knew that you he was connected to the placenta getting oxygen, right?
2: Yeah, there came a a little worry, but I was on a birth high also and like there is not so much room in the thoughts or in the mind to come when you are just in your instincts in mm-hmm. that moment.
1: And it was so- also
2: a lotus bird, and I feel like lotus bird is so so magical to feel when the baby and the placenta are still intact, and how you see like what's the difference when it when it naturally detaches like they say that the baby's aura is is completed when it can can naturally detach and it's very like non-violent way and very beautiful beautiful way Mm -hmm. to start a new life
1: how many days did that take with your son for it to fall off
2: with my son it take it took five days With my daughter, it took six days Mm -hmm. to detach.
1: Yeah, we thought that, I thought maybe we would do it. (laughs) And it was not, it was, I loved the idea. Like you said, it was like the most gentle and all of this stuff. And after a while, the cord, you know, it was so cold. It was like every time it would touch her, she would cry. And then we messed up the herbs to put on it. And Johnny accidentally put like so much rosemary in the bowl on accident. He thought he was supposed to put all of it and it smelled so bad. It was so strong with how sensitive you are, Mm -hmm. but the cord burning felt really, really beautiful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm intrigued by the idea though. Did your placenta come sooner this next time?
2: Yeah, it took one and a half hour, so sooner, but not like too soon. (laughs) But this time I already, I also felt after one hour that now I I felt like comfortable to, to birth the placenta and I, Mm -hmm. I keep focused on that.
1: Yeah, totally. And so that was this year. Nope. That was last year.
2: Yeah, it was 2020.
1: Wow, so it was right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. That's weird. Your whole postpartum has been during this whole weird year.
2: Yeah, it's super intensive, but luckily I have had a good community around me. We were living in a community with another couple that time, so they were helping us a lot, and and my husband were also at home helping and it's been it's been I think for us it's been easy because we are living in a way outside of the system anyway so it haven't affected so much.
1: So who who are you now as this mother of two and now you've taken the RBK school and and what is it like now for you who are you at this stage of your life?
2: Yeah, this birth of my son like really gave me gave me the last courage to step up to be the, the wise woman and the matriarch hmm. that I that I envision myself and like every woman to be. Mm-hmm. And all this that has happening around the world now and the times we are living that I feel like like we are so encouraged to step in our power now. Like there is no time <laughs> to waste. And now is the time to be the ones that we have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I saw that you are doing this uh, radical birth keeper school, I knew that this is that I have been waiting for. <laughs> and this is the map for this authentic midwifery. And I knew that I would attend the school when the time is right. And luckily it came last spring, the possibility to come. And Mm -hmm. it's been so amazing. And my life has already transformed and my business has transformed in so many ways. After, After taking that school and having the mentors and having the support and seeing all these wise women who are doing this work already, so this birth, yeah, how would I say, it transformed me even further. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, 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 me.
1: and you have a Finland free birth private membership now. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about your business and how women can find you, particularly if they're, if they're in Finland?
2: Yeah, so all Finnish sisters, you're welcome to join uh, me and Evelina Rutter, who already also attended this Radical Bird Keeper School. We have started the Finnish um, community for wild women, free thinking women who are ready to step into their power and free birth or have an like authentic midwife. And be the wise woman. So we have a membership community and awesome. and I have a sessions. I do a one-on-one coaching for, for birth trauma debriefs and preparing for wild pregnancy and free birth. So my my website is uh, yurimama.fi and Instagram is juurimama.fi and at Facebook is also Juri And my email is info at fi. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here. And I love all the work that you do. And I'm so grateful. All the light that you shine into this world. And show the way as a lighthouse for all the women. For re- remember the ancient ways that we have always lived and birthed Mm. in this earth
1: yeah right back
2: at you sister
1: i'm so glad i'm so (laughs) glad we're connected thank you
2: thank you so much
1: And that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on FreeBirthSociety.com. Our online courses are on FreeBirthSocietyCourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I
0: honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my This sacred portal will be honoured Eons upon light beams of survival Withstanding the eradication of our power by design I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me My sisters will no longer birth in captivity The picket line redefined from burning our wild women To paralysing us and drugging our babes Strapped down in a clinical white bed Drying up the milk from our breasts Keep your needles My family will never again be doomed To chase those dragons or your poison We reject your fear We choose love Everything with intention death, ascension, I will fly and bring her back from the start.